Hi, I'm Valerie, and you're listening to The Beauty Brains. Welcome to The Beauty Brains, a show where real scientists answer your beauty questions and give you an insider's look at the beauty product industry. This is episode number 202. I'm your host, Valerie George, and with me today is my co-host, Perry Romanowski. Hey, Valerie, 202. That's a palindrome. I love palindromes. Me too. I'm very excited for this show. As special as a palindrome is, we're going to give a little bit of a special show to you guys today with a bit of a different route than we usually do where we cover a couple beauty news topics and then answer some questions. We're actually just going to use this time to let out our rage. Yeah, it's a, it'll be like Beauty Brains After Dark. <laughs> but, uh, so instead of answering your questions, we've taken three topics that have really generated some discussion between us and chat about them. Generated discussion is polite. I, I actually think these three topics have really just generated a lot of discussion in the cosmetic space. So I think it's really good that we we cover them and then we talk about it from our perspective just to really dispel and provide clarity for all. Yeah, and really just to give, you know, the perspective of the people who actually make the products, not of the people who uh, are selling the products or marketing the products or the NGOs that are trying to scare consumers. So <laughs> that's what we're going with. All right, Valley, what uh, what are our three topics today? Well, well we're first going to talk about that hair dye associated with cancer story that pretty much splashed the news everywhere. My father sent me a text message and asked me if I was oh, participating boy. in some mass genocide. And I'm like, dad, it's, it's too soon. That's not funny. Uh, but he didn't oh, respond. My. So I don't think he was joking. Then we're going to talk about waterless beauty. I won't go into what we're going to say there. And then of course, CBD, CBD being a hot topic. We've mentioned it a couple times on the show, but there's just some stuff happening that's really upsetting me and not allowing the industry to advance forward. So let's get started. So why don't we get started with that hair color one? I I know I saw these uh, this story. Uh, it was Newsweek, I think I saw it, but it was uh, titled Breast Cancer Linked Permanent Hair Dye and Chemical Hair Straighteners Study with Almost 50,000 Women. And of course, I had to think of the person who I know is most expert in hair colors and get her thoughts. So, Valerie, that would be that me. Person. That's me. <laughs> yes. Yep, yep. Well, uh, what's your what's your take on this? Well, story? there were dozens and dozens of headlines. Fast Company: A harrowing study of forty six thousand women shows hair dyes are heavily associated with cancer. Dun, dun, CBS dun. Local News: Hair dye chemical straighteners may increase breast cancer risk. Good Morning America: What to know about a new study linking permanent hair dye hair straighteners to breast cancer. Market Watch, could coloring or chemically straightening your hair give you cancer? Medscape, hair dyes linked to elevated breast cancer risk. NPR, hair dyes and straighteners linked to high, higher cancer risk, especially for black women. So it goes on and on. You can see all these really sensational headlines, but the Fast Company one gets me the most. They call it a one-minute read, and I can tell you because uh, you just click delete because the article is utter trash. So let's just <laughs> go over the study. So a study was published to the Journal of Cancer on December 3rd by a research group called the National Institute of Environmental Health Sciences. A couple scientists uh, who actually study epidemiology 
uh, in this organization uh, did some work, published a study where they followed 46,709 women ages 35 to 74 over eight years. These women all had something in common. They had a sister who had breast cancer or has breast cancer, but they themselves do not have breast cancer. And over eight years, they routinely asked these women questions and tried to figure out if there are potential environmental factors that are increasing their risk to get cancer. And of course, uh, in the study that they conducted, uh, Black women were 60% higher of a risk of developing cancer. And it wasn't just linked to hair dyes or hair colorants. Uh, They were also talking about chemical straighteners. And they didn't go into the detail of the chemistry because a chemical straightener could be a lie relaxer. And if you know anything about sodium hydroxide, alkali, they they don't cause cancer. So, Or if they were talking about formaldehyde straighteners. And I don't think the black women's market is doing much of those that I know of. I, I could be wrong. I have known... Uh, to be wrong, but mostly the headlines focused on hair dyes, right? Because a lot of people color their hair and it's really sensational. And of course, yeah, yeah, very few of these articles actually talk about what the researchers had to say. They just created these headlines, hair dyes cause cancer. And correlation doesn't equal causation. We've mentioned it many times, but these women probably also had a lot, lot of other things in common. They drove cars. They maybe ate certain foods. They traveled to certain places. They maybe lived in urban areas. And you could really say any of those things may have contributed to their cancer. Just because something is correlated with a, a group of people doesn't mean it actually caused the ailment that they had. You know, it's funny. You mentioned how terrible the uh, the Fast Company article was on this. Fast Company had also published a story back in um, about 2014, uh, which is called Hilarious Graphs Prove That Correlation Isn't Causation. And it links to this <laughs> website, Spurious Correlations, which was kind of interesting. But they they do correlation studies where they showed some couple of things are correlated. For example, the number of people who drown by falling into a pool correlates to films that Nicolas Cage has been appeared in. (laughs) Yeah, it's ridiculous. You could link any two things you wanted to. It's all just manipulation of statistics. Exactly. And so this is when we talk about correlation and causation. It can give you a hint of where to look further, but it it by no means is proof of anything. To me, the researchers in, in this study really looked closely there because they led the paper by saying, it's known that hair colorants can give you cancer. And yes, there are colorants that can be considered carcinogenic. They're not allowed to be on the market today. It's it's just not allowed. Hair colorants are some of the most widely studied ingredients in the cosmetic space. I think right up there with what's another thing that's highly studied. Oh, well, colorants like the dyes and things. And then yeah. over the over the counter drug actives, um sunscreens, antiperspirants, anti-deodorant or uh yeah, antiperspirants, um anti-dandruff, those sorts of chemicals that have been studied a lot as have preservatives. Yeah, preservatives are widely studied, hair colorants are widely studied, even regular colorants are widely studied. And that's because they do know that there can be hazards with certain colorants, but before they're brought to market, they're really, really 
really studied by an independent body of scientists. They look at things like carcinogenicity, reproductive toxicity, all other aspects of toxicology. They look to make sure that these dyes are safe to be used. They tell you in what ways you can use them. Is it there are certain on-head maximum concentration? Is it maximum concentration neat in the bottle? Can you use it with oxidative systems? Can you not use it with oxidative systems? It's very specific information. And sure, there are a couple companies that kind of do whatever they want to when they're when they're formulating with hair color. Those are the bad ones. Any of the big companies are not doing that. They're making sure the products are safe. It's not good business to kill your customers. And here, yet again, people are saying hair dyes cause cancer. That's just not really the case anymore. So probing further in, into the study and really just looking at some of the comments the scientists and lead researchers made on the study. So the study's authors actually urged caution when interpreting the study results. They state, we are exposed to many things that could potentially contribute to breast cancer, and it is unlikely that any single factor explains a woman woman's risk. The authors went on to say, researchers have been studying the possible link between hair dye and cancer for a long time, but results have been inconsistent. Articles come like out, out like this all the time, saying a hair dye has caused cancer, uh, but no one can provide a, a consistent link. And the authors hit it just head on. There's so many factors when it comes to cancer. And hair dyes are some of the most studied products on the market. So I just think they're going to be really hard pressed to find this link. And two, the majority of this group of women were non-Hispanic white, well-educated, economically well-off. This is a note from the Personal Care Products Council. The women recruited for this study were at higher risk to get breast cancer because they were genetically related to people who had breast cancer. Therefore, this conclusions from this study can't be extrapolated to a greater percentage of the population. You just can't. You can't take one group of people who are, are more prone to something and just say, well, this data could apply to the rest of the population. You just can't do that. And, you know, I was looking into this, and the reason that they take, uh, they do what's called a sister study here is because the the rates of cancer for breast cancer in the general population is pretty low. And so you need a higher rate to see any possible differences. Exactly. I totally get it. But of course, it's not really the fault of the authors who published this study. I mean, even they said, hey, like, whoa, watch out with the data. Don't put a ton of weight into it. But then you have these news headlines sensationalizing everything. And really, it's slandering the, the cosmetics industry. It's painting something negatively. And I get it. It's clickbait. You want people to, you know, click on your Fast Company article or watch your Today Show little clip on how your products are killing you. Um, I I bet you the EWG was super happy about about this whole thing. Right. I mean, it certainly will drum up some more interest in NGOs and fear marketing and and drumming up some more donations for that that group or even more sales of hair dyes through their Amazon Associates program. Use this natural hair color, which is the the biggest farce in this world. Anyway, I was just super frustrated this week with, with the article. I had a lot of people contacting me. If you are a user of hair color and you saw this study and you're worried, I want you guys to sleep well at night. Hair dyes are widely studied, buy from the biggest brands. They do the most testing. They use the dyes in the most proper way. And don't worry. 
Anyway, Perry, that was that was me ranting. I, I want to thank you for letting me get that out. It sounds like to me that uh, this this really is uh, a, a study which suggests some further research is is probably warranted. But there's nothing that warrants people being afraid of their hair dyes. And there's plenty of safety studies previous to this that have demonstrated the safety of it. So if you want to get your hair colored and you don't like the color of your hair now, don't think that you're harming yourself or increasing your risk of cancer. There's just no evidence of that. Are you ready to rant about waterless products? Give it a go. What do you got to say? Well, this is what happened. So I'm, I'm flipping around, and I came upon Fashionista, and I see this article. Waterless formulas are making beauty products more potent and sustainable. And so they got my, uh, my interest peaked, and I go through and read this. And first of all, they quote all of these experts, all of which are selling waterless beauty products. <laughs> go figure. Um, there's no expert that was like a cosmetic chemist or any kind of formulator or anything. It was simply people who started their own lines that all just happened to be waterless. And so that kind of annoyed me right away. But, but, but first they talk about, um, the fact that water is running short. And, and I understand that it's certainly from an environmental standpoint, water is a concern, uh, the lack of clean water is is certainly a concern now, and it will be in the future. And then they talk about how companies like L'Oreal, Unilever, and P&G are trying to reduce their water consumption and be more green. And in fact, that's a thing that these big companies are doing. They are uh, pushing sustainability and environmental consciousness, and Walmart's getting involved, and P&G is getting involved, and Unilever. And these companies are making changes which could have a huge impact on the industry. And so they mentioned that in the article, and then they go on to say, well, that's what the big companies are doing. They're reducing their water consumption, but the little companies, they're going water-free. They're doing them one better by going water-free. And this is when it starts to get ridiculous to me. Oh because they say, Yeah, I mean, they start, uh, they, they quote this one co-founder of a beauty brand saying that, uh, you know, anhydrous products are better because then there's no need for preservatives and unnecessary fillers like water. I mean, they're calling water a filler, which is just, an, <laughs> just a ridiculous claim. I could show you a few products that are anhydrous that have stuff in them. They're not exempt from, from preservation needs. Oh, absolutely. I, I I actually think it's irresponsible for manufacturers to even make anhydrous formulas, which are going to be exposed to, to moisture or the consumer is going to uh, expose them to moisture and not use preservatives. It's never been a good marketing position, in my view, to say that you're preservative free. It just, to me, says dangerous product. Yeah, cosmetics aren't required to be sterile when they're produced. They're, they're not pharmaceutical. I don't even know if pharmaceutical products have that requirement, but cosmetics don't have to be sterile when they're produced. They just can't be dirty. You have to have an adequate preservation system present in them that if there are any microorganisms present, that they can be eradicated shortly after production. Now, if you don't have a preservative, you still have microorganisms in the product uh, and whether or not they can grow just depends on what else you have in the product. So don't think that just because the product's anhydrous that you are exempt from 
preserving it. Right. And one of the things that also bugged me in this article, and they're talking about this trend, is the claim that uh, they're able to uh, create products that are better and more potent. And this is just, it's, it's completely misleading you, if you ask me. Indeed, you can make, if you're not including water in your formula, indeed, you can make a more, quote, concentrated formula. But also, that formula isn't going to spread on your body as much. And so instead of only having to use uh, a small amount that is spread nicely and, and, and evenly on your skin, you used to have to use a whole bunch more of a product, and it doesn't spread as well, and it's, it's not as elegant. And so now you're using it up a lot faster than you would have used it if it was uh, properly formulated in an emulsion rather than a direct ingredient or a direct concentrated anhydrous formula. And so in that way, that it is just a ridiculous claim to say that uh, high concentrations uh, are, are better for the user. You know, we don't make water in formulas simply to make the products cheaper. The, the water actually makes the product better to interact with. Uh, the reason, I mean, you can just tell the difference. Uh, uh, petrolatum or Vaseline is a great skin moisturizer. It's one of the best. And if you're looking for transepidermal water loss, you really can't beat direct petrolatum. The problem with petrolatum, if you use it directly, is it feels terrible on your skin. Yeah. It's much better if you take that ingredient that works so well and you emulsify it and do it into an emulsion and dilute it out so it spreads better and it works better on your skin and it's better to use. And so the idea that these anhydrous formulas are superior in some way is just not reality. The reason we don't use anhydrous formulas for the most part is because they're aesthetically not pleasing to use. These formulations, I think, often tend to be limited because you can't incorporate water soluble actives or things that would attract moisture because that would make the product uh, clump up or cake or have some other negative attributes. And so you're really limited to a small range of ingredients to begin with. If you have ever seen, I actually think I have a post on my Instagram, maybe I could repost it where I actually own a moisture analyzer at home. I I bought one one time on eBay. Mr. Cosmetic Chemist was very upset with me. But basically oh, how this, fun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I like dehydrate everything. So basically this thing is like a mini oven. You sprinkle or pour a specific weight of product onto a pan and it uses a certain temperature and time depending on your methodology to effectively, effectively remove all the water and volatiles from the product and you're kind of left with all the solids that are left over. That stuff is so gross. You need all this water in the shampoo to make it pleasurable to use, to make it lather efficiently, uh, to just use something that's solid. Yeah, it might get the job done, but I, as Perry said, I don't think it's aesthetically as pleasing. And furthermore, just because something's more concentrated doesn't mean it's better for you, certainly doesn't mean it's safer. And often you've got to take that concentrated thing and dilute it with water at your own place. <laughs> it was it was funny. I've seen products, waterless products, sold, uh, it, you know, as powders or uh, concentrated creams, and then you're supposed to add water at home uh, to do it. And so, it, so now it's a water product. So <laughs> you haven't saved any water at all. Well, the bottom line is, don't believe all this uh, waterless hype. Uh, the the products, while you can make a perfectly fine working anhydrous formula. 
it's very limited in what types of products would be aesthetically pleasing to use and even effective. They're not these ingredients these these formulas are not more effective and for the most part they're less appealing to use. Well, the last thing on I have on my agenda for ranting uh, in Beauty Brains after dark is CBD. And what prompted oh me here <laughs> was I was on Instagram looking at s- some other posts and there there was a people who were chemists in the industry uh, talking about CBD and they made a comment about uh, CBD being weed for your face. And I got really upset. I messaged them. They asked me why I had a problem with it. And I, I tried to explain, but it just really, really stuck with me. And I, I wanted to talk about it today and tell you guys why I had a problem with it. I just want to go over uh, what CBD is and where it comes from, because I, I think a lot of confusion exists with that today. And the reality is CBD can come from hemp, and it can come from marijuana. They're, they're two different plants. And I think when you continue to use terminology like weed, associating CBD with weed, uh, it just continues to perpetuate that that's where CBD and products come from, and it's not. So Before you continue, you say that, okay, hemp and marijuana are not the same. So uh, explain that a little bit more. How are, how are they different? And why are these things, why have these things been uh, combined in the milieu of the CBD world? Okay, well, yeah, let me get into that. So first of all, I do want to say that CBD and anything else derived from marijuana is a Schedule One narcotic. That means uh, it's a controlled substance in the United States and is verboten uh, as far as we know it today. Now, CBD can also come from hemp. So we have two plants, hemp and marijuana. Hemp is primarily grown as an agricultural crop. It's bred to have a very specific low THC content, so you're not going to get a lot of THC out of the plant, whereas marijuana typically refers to weed, the plant we've all heard about, where uh, they contain psychoactive components uh, such as THC in it. So there are two there are two two plants that are kind of related. Um, they're like I don't know a tiger and a lion, but they're not the same. <laughs> Correct. They are both part of the cannabis family, and you have cannabis sativa, which could be hemp, or it could be marijuana, and okay. then you have an example like cannabis indica, which is another species. It's still in the cannabis family, but you wouldn't find a cannabis indica hemp plant. You'd only find a marijuana plant. And the reason that we want to use hemp is because anything from marijuana is a schedule one controlled substance. We can't use it. So if we're interested in CBD, it has to come from hemp. So to say weed for your face, totally inaccurate. Um, It does come from hemp and there's no uh, well, Perry might say there's no benefits from CBD, but there's certainly no psychoactive benefits if that's what you like to use marijuana for. So I, I don't think, I mean, I could be wrong. I, I don't know a whole lot about this culture, but I don't know that you would s- smoke a hemp joint. Uh, yeah. Uh, I, We're yeah, not the I, right I, people I to ask. We're not the right <laughs> people to ask. I, I actually had to get a lot of my information um, just from other people on this because I'm I'm obtuse. But I do know a lot of people are just as confused as I used to be. And to say that CBD is weed for your face is totally 
um, inaccurate. So CBD is actually just one of many different cannabinoids found in the hemp plant. Uh, there are hundreds, hundreds, and hundreds, and CBD is the big one that we talk about. And people um, are interested in it because it allegedly has these uh, different effects because it interacts with these different cannabinoid receptors within the body that interact with the brain or your nervous system. And it's known to reduce pain, inflammation, anxiety, that kind of stuff. So people may use marijuana for recreation. They also may use it for medicinal purposes. CBD is not recreational unless you think it's fun uh, to use. There's no psychoactive effects, but it is used medicinally. And that's why people are so interested in it. It's really the hot ingredient in the cosmetic industry at the moment. Um, a couple of years ago, argan oil was the hot ingredient. I would say CBD is now the hot ingredient. And it's mostly due to the fact that uh, uh, marijuana is being legalized in a lot of different states around the United States. And so this, uh, there's a certain allure about uh, the association with that. And I think that's where the CBD uh, is weed thing myth gets uh, perpetuated because marketers of these types of products, I think they benefit from people believing that. Exactly. But that's not where we're getting it from. CBD is uh, severely regulated. It actually cannot have a THC content above 0.3%, which is, which is very small. So it's very important when people are working with CBD products, or even if you're using CBD products, unless the supplier has an extreme portion of transparency to be very careful. Because if you work for a job that does drug testing and you're using a CBD oil thinking, oh, it's just CBD, it could have THC in it and you could uh, test positive for it. So I I think there's a lot of uh, stigma still associated with CBD because of the, you know, the potential link between um, CBD and hemp and hemp and marijuana. But um, I think when you continue to say, oh, CBD is weed for your face, um, another brand that was in Sephora called CBD Skin Dope. One, I think it does a lot against the industry when we're trying to legitimize the use of CBD. We're trying to conduct research studies to prove that there is a topical effect or an ingestive effect. What are the benefits of it? And then you continue to associate it with drug culture. Um, no matter where marijuana is legal, it's still a drug in, in many areas and it's a controlled substance. So um, I think that just really sets the industry back. And two, uh, the drug culture in the United States is real and beyond marijuana, there are a lot of problems. And I just think it's really insensitive to play on drug terminology to look cool or whatnot. I think it it looks ignorant when you do that. And I think it um, really doesn't play well in, an, in, a, in a sector that when escalated has caused a lot of detriment to um, people's lives in the, in the world. So that, that's how I feel about that. It just doesn't look good. It doesn't help us. It doesn't, you know, help move the CBD industry along and, and find out the therapeutic benefits to it if there are any. Yeah, that makes a, a lot of sense. And one of the things that has hampered any kind of research in this area is the fact that 
this is a this is a drug and so researchers weren't allowed to even investigate you know topical treatments of this this kind of ingredient so i would say at the moment and we had a little challenge on our instagram account uh, for people to provide information about what would the benefits of cbd uh, be the cosmetic benefits of CBD be if it's if it's put in your cosmetics and your cream and topical lotions and there really right now is scant evidence about there being any uh, positive uh, cosmetic effect there there may be some certainly some medicinal effects uh, uh, in relation to scars or treating acne or psoriasis and that kind of thing although those studies haven't been completed and uh, vetted and, and properly controlled. But as far as cosmetics go, I don't see CBD as being anything at the moment other than a interesting emollient or maybe a moisturizer. The oil is great. Hemp oil is a fantastic oil. It's incredibly lubricious. It's not CBD. That's another thing that that goes on in the industry. A lot of people will say their product has CBD in it. It actually just has cannabis sativa oil in it. It doesn't actually have any cannabidiol in the product, which if you're looking to make sure that your product has CBD, it should say cannabidiol on the ingredient listing. And it's typically indicated by a milligram content per in the product that you're purchasing. Uh, but if it says cannabis sativa hemp seed oil, it's actually just the oil from the seed. It's a fantastic emollient. It is one of those areas where marketers benefit from the confusion of the consumer. And I think we're going to continue to see marketers sort of tread this line where they're trying to confuse people, uh, you know, using CBD, using drug language, and just to get their products to stand out in some way. Yeah. Well, it's not cool. I don't mean to be a snowflake. I think that's what I would get called in today's day and age about it. <laughs> Actually, that's what Mr. Cosmetic Chemist called me. But I think, um, yeah, I, I come from an area where dr drug use is per pervasive. And I think in order for CBD to be taken seriously, we need to separate it and make sure that people can get the funding on it so that we can prove Perry wrong. <laughs> Well, not prove him wrong, change his mind. We don't. It's not proving him wrong. It's changing his mind. We got to change his mind. Exactly, and uh, that that is the thing about any any topic is my mind can be changed theoretically uh, with with data and evidence, and uh, I I like to think I'm open minded in that way. Although I would be hard pressed to think of a topic that I've changed my mind significantly on in in recent years. Maybe, maybe the topic of free will and whether we have it or not, but that is a whole different, that's a whole different podcast. That, yeah, that's, that's not fit for the beauty brains. But anyway, I want to thank everyone for allowing us to get this stuff off our chest. Hopefully we sounded coherent and we're able to equip you with some facts, whether or not it's about hair dyes and cancer, waterless beauty, and CBD not coming from marijuana. And if you have any questions or other topics you want to hear us weigh in on, feel free to record that on your smartphone and then email it to thebeautybrains at gmail.com. Uh, we've got a few audio questions in the can and ready to go, but we're always looking for more. That's right. And if you don't want to send us an email with your questions, we're going to be in New York together next week doing an Instagram live. So be sure to tune into our social media accounts to figure out when exactly 
exactly we're going to do it, but you'll be able to pop on Instagram live, type in a question, say hello, give us any questions, concerns, compliments. We'll always take those as well. <laughs> Indeed. Yeah, that that will be fun. Yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing you. I haven't seen you in in real life in a long time, I guess. Right? I yeah, guess a year it'll ago, be right? very <laughs> fun. We'll get to say live from New York. That's right. Incidentally, if you get a chance, uh, why don't you go over to iTunes and leave us a review? Uh, reviews uh, will help other people find the show, and then it ensures that we have a full docket of questions and other beauty topics to talk about. Also, don't forget to follow us on our various social media accounts, either to ask a question or find out about our um, Instagram live. On Instagram, we're at the Beauty Brains 2018. On Twitter, we're at the Beauty Brains, and we have a Facebook page. Also, as a quick reminder, the Beauty Brains are on Patreon. If you want to support the show, Patreon is really the best way to do that. This will keep the show free of ads and prevent me from having to go back to corporate America and work for the man. So if you like what we're doing and you want to see us keep doing that, just go to patreon.com slash thebeautybrains and subscribe. Thanks, everyone, again for listening. And remember, be brainy about your beauty. Thanks, everyone. Kittens. <laughs>